This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 71 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality industry from right here in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond with each and every episode. I am your host, Crawford McCarthy, founder of the Best Seats. As always, thank you to my friend Allie Coyle, who provides music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. Or obviously, if you live here in Orange County where the show is based, you can check out any of her family's three restaurants, the wonderful Fable and Spirit over in Newport Beach, and the equally fabulous Dublin Four Gastro Pub and Wine Works for Everyone. Both of those are located over in Mission Viejo. As a reminder, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to leave a rating, a review, share it with friends, social media, whatever it takes. It helps other folks discover it. But you can find it early and ad free by supporting at a monthly amount that makes the most sense to you over at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. If you so choose all your support is greatly appreciated. And if you want more content just like this or to learn more, obviously go to the best That is C E A T S for you. First time listeners. I know we're 71 episodes in, but there are new people coming each and every day and I'm eternally grateful for it, but let's jump into it. If you know me at all, you know that I am a huge, huge fan and advocate of spirits. Um, I love all aspects of the hospitality from the cooking, to everybody that works in the back to the front of house operations, beer, wine, all of it. But spirits are something that are very, very near and dear to my heart. So it's always incredibly exciting when I get to do a spirits episode, um, whether it's a distiller, whether it's you know a rep, anything like that. It's very exciting, and I've had on some really, really cool guests in the past, some really, really amazing brands, and this is no different. Now, this may not be a brand that you've heard of, and that is because, at least at the time of publishing, it's only been on the market, give or take a month and a half, maybe two months, depending on when you're listening to it. It obviously could be longer, but it's a baby in the market. However, this brand has come out swinging, and I am sitting down with two of its founding members, owners, and major, major brand directors today to talk about it and talk about what goes into it and how do you launch a brand and especially when we're talking about a tequila brand and that is Otaka. Now Otaka tequila like I said it's brand new on the market but it has come out swinging. If you're anywhere here in Orange County if you ask for it on a back bar after you listen to this episode there's a very high likelihood that you're going to find it. They have been getting accounts left right and center. They're showing up at liquor stores. They are moving a lot of bottles really really quickly and they're doing it in very creative ways. So I'm very excited today to sit down with two people like I talked about, Jack Ambrose and Nick Chuchuk, both of which uh, helped to bring this brand to life. Um, and again, I just they're doing things that other brands don't do. Now, first and foremost, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a major advocate of agave-based spirits. There's a lot that goes into it. They're very much a hot-button issue. Episodes in the past, we've touched on celebrity-endorsed tequilas, things like that. There's obviously a lot of ethical things, ecological things that go into a brand. 
And it's kind of to each their own on that, trying to figure out the best ways to do things. But I wanted to sit down with Otaka really to focus on how the brand came to be. How do you start from concept to getting your juice kind of wherever you're getting it from to the bottling, to the language, to the imagery, along with some of the things that they've done as a brand, even before hitting the market from a technological standpoint? We live in pretty wild times, technologically speaking. NFTs, Web3, there's a lot of things that are really coming along that are new. Cryptocurrencies, things like that. Kind of wild concepts, almost Blade Runner-esque. They're utilizing some very, very interesting concepts to bring this tequila forward in a very, very interesting way. So I wanted to sit down today with these two. Um, Now, truth be told, just in full transparency, there's two items that we do talk about in this episode um, one of them is a kind of a, a crowdfunding initiative that you'll hear more about to kind of drive investors. The other one is not a concrete item that they have integrated into the bottles yet, but it's one of those kind of paths that they're pursuing that I think are extremely interesting. For full disclosure, um, I did jump in to kind of the crowd investing initiative with Otaka, a super, super small, very, very civilian amount. But just for the air of transparency, I wanted everybody to know that I did do that. However, that had no bearing and no influence on recording this episode. It wasn't a reason that we recorded this episode. Um, I've been fascinated by the path that Otaka has taken from the beginning from a branding standpoint. So again, uh, you can take my opinions on the brand with a grain of salt if you want, but I just wanted the information for that to be out there. Um, But yeah, now that that is, let's jump right into it with a very, very interesting and fun episode. Number 71 of the Best Seats podcast featuring Nick Chuchuk and Jack Ambrose of Otaka Tequila. Enjoy. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down. Um, obviously, very, very busy here at the offices at Otaka over in Aliso Viejo. You guys are ripping and roaring since the last time I've been here. So I really appreciate you both taking a little bit of time to hop onto the show. Um, I want to try to speed through this one because there's a lot of things that I want to talk about. But obviously, you guys got tequila to sell. So let's jump right into it. Would you guys both mind giving your background a little bit, introducing yourselves and, and kind of how you came to be here at Otaka? Sure. My name is Nick Chuchuk. Uh, I'm one of the owners here at Otaka Tequila. I've been in the spirits industry now. It's going on about five years. Prior to that, uh, I ran an aerospace company. And prior to that, was a professional soccer player for several years. Um, very excited about what we have. Um, Otaka Tequila has probably surpassed anything we were expecting in the first four weeks into business uh, since we launched. Opened up 167 locations at this time right now. We're in several of the total wines already, 23 of the 28 here in Southern California. So it's huge. Um, It's just, it's going, it's something we didn't think we'd even be close to already. So it's awesome. And my name is Jack Ambries. Um, I'm one of the founders here. I manage most of the creative directing. I came to be about with the Taka. I've known Anthony for a long time now, and uh, I've been working with startups specifically in the luxury space, um, you know, and specifically restricted brands, alcohol, um, wine, specifically uh, vodka at some point, cigars and all that stuff. So it kind of just looked at the perfect fit for me. And uh, as Nick just stated, we're kind of rocking and rolling. So I want to jump kind of right into Otaka. Now, kind of both of your positions with Jack, you kind of oversee the creative side of it. Nick, you're more kind of pushing the sales and things like that, correct? Correct. Yes, I'm doing all the sales, overlooking everything that's being done, uh, negotiating all the deals with, along with Anthony. I always run it by our CEO to make sure that everything is um, to his satisfaction. Um, And 
you know, I, like I said, it's, it's surpassed anything I thought we'd be able to do in the first four weeks, and it just keeps growing. We got our first double gold award. Yeah, I was going to say, what, yesterday, the day yeah. right before we're recording this, we're recording this one, depending on when you're listening to it, on November 16th. Congratulations, by the way. Did you, you. See, that was what, Las Vegas? Yes. Yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about the brand itself. You guys mentioned that it's only been in the public for four weeks. Obviously, you mentioned Anthony, him and his wife, Nicole, kind of the other, the, the founders of it and, and kind of driving force behind it with the both of you. How did Otaka come to be? Passion. Um, Anthony has a huge passion for tequila. Uh, that's been like his thing. Like, that, like that's his favorite drink to go to all of the time. And um, he really just wanted to make something that he, it was worth drinking for himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, dabbling with ideas of doing other things, uh, finally came up with making its own. Um, so that's kind of how idea came out. And, you know, his thought process has always been very creative, very, very, very passionate about what he does, whatever, in whatever he does, not just this, everything he's ever done has been really just focused on passion and making it something that he would want to be part of himself. And so when he thought about Otaka, uh, you know, it had just been years of research, uh, years of just thinking about what a global brand could be like. And so when we all kind of sat down together and kind of discussed the idea, it just made more and more and more and more sense. Um, so passion, I would say. I'm going to, I'm going to add to that a little bit too, Jack. Um, it's been about a three and a half years process, you know, going okay. I, I was going to ask kind of when did yeah. it conceptualize Three and a half, almost birth, full, yeah. four years. Um, and then when he moved down to Orange County from the Palos Verdes area, he decided, uh, you know, I was actually working for a different tequila brand, helped build that brand up over the last three, four years. And he says, God, Nick, he says, you know, I'd really, really like to launch my brand. I said, let's go for it. Right. And he, um, you know, we we're going down to Jalisco, trying all kinds of different juices to tell he really found the one he thought was going to rock the world, which we have now, you know, and it, it took time. It wasn't like it was overnight. It took a few years. Um, we are where we are now, and then we're very excited. So, I mean, it, it's, it obviously kind of goes without saying, even if you're not, and again, the people who listen to this show are all the way from bar executives to just kind of casual diners and things like that. There's a lot of tequila out there. There's a lot of juice. I mean, this is a very loud part of the market right now. Was there any ever any kind of hesitation, or did you just kind of know what you had and, and why you wanted to roll it out there? We knew what we had. Um, I believe, I truly believe that we knew what we had. And it's actually very exciting. You know, a lot of people usually bring that up where it's like, hey, you know, tequila is a very competitive market right now. Everybody's doing it. You know, obviously you see a lot of the celebrities launching their own or just a lot of celebrity endorsed brands. And to me, that's actually sort of exciting because that means that there is a lot of noise. A lot of people are looking into it. So if you develop a product that is built like ours, that is made with quality like ours, it's going to excel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like something that every other person is going to try and be like, okay, I wouldn't buy this again. So to me, it was very, very exciting. More than hesitation, it was like, okay, this is the right time. We have the right team. We have the right product. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do great. Yeah, I agree with you, Jack. Uh, another, another thing I want to add to that, you know, you mentioned there's a lot of tequila companies out there, right? But we both know that a lot of tequila companies don't survive, and there could be numerous reasons why. I think that we secured everything we need as a mm -hmm. company down in Mexico to make sure we will survive. As long as we had like the sales that we've started off with and continue to grow the way we're growing, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind we're going to rock the world with this product. Yeah, um, it's just like you were you were mentioning. You know, how do we secure everything? 
So we, we were able to first make sure we secured our juice, number one, making sure we always had enough juice, regardless of whether, whether it was for Total Wines or whether it was for a small liquor store down in the corner, whatever, that everybody in any time calls us, we have product for them. Because in this industry, you never want to run out of product. You want to make sure you always have enough product for everybody, whether it's the big boy, the little one, whatever. We don't look at anybody any different. To us, every customer is a valued customer. And that's the difference, I think, between us and a lot of other people. A lot of people, they just go for the top right away, and they, they fail. We didn't do that. We went from start, from the bottom, and work your way up. Yes, we're moving really fast, and yes, we're growing really fast, a lot faster than we thought we would, but we know what it takes. And yeah. I've been in the industry for a while, and we're, we'll, we'll be good. We'll, be well good there's go. definitely no lack, like you mentioned, of companies that are no longer with us. I think if you get on, and if I butcher the app, somebody can write into the show and tell me that I got it wrong. I want to say it's Tequila Matchmaker, something where you can look up brands by the norm and kind of where they're developed, and you can go through and just see how many brands are now defunct or have been shelved or anything like that. You know, you mentioned that securing your juice kind of right out the gate was such a massive reason you guys were able to, I'm assuming in these four weeks, get these initial sales, which will I can only hope for you guys will be subsequent and continue on by having that juice to get to everybody. How did you go about making sure you were able to kind of have enough right out the gate to, to meet these orders? Because I mean, it's no secret in the agave spirits, especially, I mean, these plants take a long time to grow. There's a lot of work that goes into them. And you know, Correct. with all the brands out there, I mean, there are people that are facing shortages. Correct. How did you guys go about securing where you're getting this from? Well, the first thing we did is make sure we secured one of the best Ticoleros down there, Noel Garcia, who also comes with a lot of acreage of uh, yeah. agave fields. He um, and his family, three generations, if I'm not mistaken, Jack, yep. or four, have had over 250 acres. And for his particular brand, which he also owns, he owns a company called Mandala. And a lot of people know Mandala in the industry. It's uh, one of the more expensive and uh, extra nejos that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, when he made our juice for us, we, we went down several times, right? And the questions we had for him is, will we ever have a shortage? He says, you will never have a shortage of juice as long as you start with the plata. His thing is, he came out, his first juice was the anejo, the extra anejo, if I remember him telling me. And he says, I have to wait. He says, I got to wait seven yeah, the years, growing, eight years. You know, aging, growing, yeah. growing, growing. He says, by the time I get paid, whew, I have to wait seven, eight years. He says, Anthony, you and Nick, and your team and everybody, Jack, you guys are doing it right. This plot is unbelievable. You know, so we, we, we felt really good about that. The fact that he said, I'll secure it. You know, obviously we all know there's shortages right now in the industry with mm -hmm. bottles and everything else. We also having him down there and having our other connections down there secured us more bottles moving forward. Some people can't get it, can't get their bottles right now. Yeah. So what usually happens then? Usually it means they're going to have to close their door because they don't have product anymore. Yeah. We're able to keep it going. So, so that's how you got what goes into the bottle. And, and this is, and there's a lot of aspects to this that I want to ask. And I guess Jack, I'll kind of start with you on this one. How did the design process go building the brand? You have a great juice, you know, you have something that people are going to love sipping on and you have a supply that's not going to run out and it's you know, being well-made, et cetera. So far, you've checked a lot of tequila boxes that a lot of companies don't. Now you have to build a company around it. How did it all come to be? I mean, from, from the logo to the bottle with some of the things in the bottle that we'll touch on a little bit later, which are very different that you guys are doing, but how did the brand come to be after that? Yeah, so I mean, my style is a little bit more simplistic. I, I believe that simple has way more. Uh, I don't like super fancy things that you know are very, very busy. So I wanted to I've really focus on something that was simple and didn't take away from the brand. So when we were designing this bottle, Anthony and I worked on this bottle for months on months on months on months. 
and we wanted to be different, right? When you look at different tequila companies, they usually all have tall bottles, skinny bottles, you know, something that catches attention. You need to catch the attention in that way. And yeah, in the it beginning, can be a bit more dramatic, exactly, shaped. Yeah. Exactly. In the beginning, uh, you know, that, that, that was the thing with tequila, long tongue, long tongue bottles. And we wanted to go the opposite way. We're like, if we just do that, then we're just going to be one of them again. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to go completely different. We wanted to make it sexy. We wanted to make it simple and we wanted to make it more than anything, something that a bartender or somebody felt pleasure holding. So, you know, the weight of the bottle was very important to us. The way you hold the bottle, the way it feels when you pour, that was very important to us. So looking for the right glass was a huge thing for us. Um, and there's a little bit of psych, almost like a psychology marketing thing to our bottle as well. Um, you know, when you, when you look at the bottle and you see the black and the clear, uh, you obviously, you know, you pour and you're like, okay, this is great. Once you start seeing the liquid go, you know, a little under the black, you automatically start thinking like, oh my God, I'm running out. And so you want to order more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we, we made the bottle sort of with that in mind. Um, Otaka, um, not many people know, or actually most of the people that follow us might know now that it's actually an acronym. It stands for once tried, always craved agave. And, you know, that's something that we really want to focus on because our product, our juice is pure. So every time you have it, every time you sip it and you enjoy it, you just want more and more and more. So, you know, the brand really is just about that. Just making sure that we have eyes on the bottle. Whenever you're at a bar, you see a nice little, and we've actually gotten reviews about that. You know, uh, when you go to like different restaurants that we serve at, they always, you know, describe it as the sexy little black bottle, um, which is nice because that's kind of what we were going for. Yeah. Uh, something different, something that was attractive to the eye. And, uh, you know, that that's it. Like just ice on the bottle, lips, you know, lips to the bottle. Yeah. But the final touch, I think, to the bottle was once we, once we saw what the actual bottle was going to look like and what the design on the outside, the letter and everything. Okay, how do we now make this bottle even look more sexy and different than everybody else? So what we decided to do, being that I owned an aerospace company before, we made some uh, tops, the square top on the CNC machines, which no other spirit company has out there in the industry. So we completely wanted to be different. Not only did we want that sexy look on the bottle, we wanted to have a top that nobody else has. Yeah, something to completely, completely kind of change the identity. Yeah. yeah. So that way when people see us, they're the one with that square top. We're the only one with a square top. So and before we keep diving into it, um, some of the things with the bottle and, and kind of as the brain evolves too, I do have to ask the obvious question for any of the spirits fans that are, are going to be listening to it for the juice itself, because this is such a hot button issue for agave spirits. What's the production method that you guys are using for it? As far as the filtration or, I mean, I'm assuming it's not, it, it, it doesn't taste to me anyway, like a diffuser tequila. So we don't, like yeah, that. yeah, correct. So what, the main thing with us, so you know, the most important thing is that we aren't using any fillers. We're mm-hmm. not using any additives. We're using an eight-year-old piña. So all the natural flavors and stuff, it's just like a peach. When it gets really ripe, you really get all the flavors, right, from that peach, rather than when it's kind of hard and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the same thing. So we're using the eight-year-old agaves to make sure that every little bit of flavor comes out of that piña. So that's, that's the key to ours. And then the filtration system that we use, a priority filtration system that we use. Most people usually use one or two. We've got three. Mm-hmm. And that's what gives you that smoothness. Super smooth. Yeah. 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 No, no ethanol in the back. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, well, the no additives, I know, is yeah. a big one. And Jack, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. You're about to dive into something else. I, I had to ask the pressing question, though, for, oh, for the Agave sure. fans I have. No worries. I was just actually going to, you know, add to what Nick was saying with the with the square top, um, you know, from our font to, to our top and everything like that. We also wanted it to resemble sort of Mexican culture. I mean, Jalisco is in Mexico. The tequila mm-hmm. comes from Mexico. So we wanted our font to, you know, sort, sort of pay homage to, to the culture. Um, I'm Mexican myself, so, you know, I'm kind of very familiar with that. And then the square top, it also, it, it also, you know, in coincidence, but also sort of on purpose, you know, after we kind of found this out, it resembles the, the pyramids in Mexico, the way they are, you know, it's a pyramid with a square top. So, you know, it was, it was a coincidence. And after that, it was very much on purpose to go forward with it because of that reason. So when you look at our bottle, you know, even though it's very minimal, and it's just black and clear, you can really see sort of a Mexican resemblance to it, their culture and, you know. Yeah. Well, there's something else with the bottle too. And I don't, again, I don't have the article in front of me, so I don't have the full details, but I want you guys to explain it also because you guys are doing something that I have not seen another spirits brand do. Now, I know that there was recently an article published about this. Um, I want to say through a couple of different outlets, it showed up on an investment email that I was on, like talking about that you guys have made the news and it's with regards to the bottle. This is what there's a company that you guys are kind of working with that kind of Identive. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I knew the name was going to escape me. Yeah. Can you guys elaborate on that a little bit? A little bit, but not a lot, because as of right now, we're still in the process of finalizing everything with Identive. Uh, obviously, it's and I guess hypothetically speaking, kind of what the what the goal is and and what that brand brings. The the goal is really to you know get ourselves known as a brand that is pushing technology. Um, and what happens is, you know, a lot of people are familiar right now with sort of crypto and NFTs and all Mm -hmm. that stuff, you know, to, to kind of explain this in a more simple way, this is just a way for us to basically put our bottles in the blockchain and let people sort of have an easy way to authenticate the product and also be able to do many different things. And those things are decided by why we, but why, but what we want. So you know, whether we want to tell the story, you're able to do that with just the bump of your phone to the bottle, whether, you know, we want you to send you to a, a link for something that we're going to be a part of. Same thing. Whether you want to order more, you can do that through 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 yeah. just bumping your phone with with the bottle, you know. Now, obviously, it's, this isn't finalized yet. You guys said that you're still kind of in final talks for it. So, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. depending on when people are listening to this mm-hmm. episode, it may or may not be in the mm-hmm. final product. But basically, you're kind of working in a way to take a product that is normally only seen from the shelf or, you know, not that you guys are well tequila, but like in a well or a rail or in a, you know, a liquor store or something like that and be able to increase the connectivity to the customers. Absolutely. That. Correct. Yep. Correct. Nick, from a, from a sales point, you know, you guys mentioned that you kind of have really gone off to the races. I mean, it's, you know, you mentioned four weeks, you guys are absolutely flying you know, hundred plus locations, the total wine contract, which is huge to land, especially right before the holidays. Cause well, nobody's exactly. got gifts to buy because they're all sitting out in Long Beach Harbor. So everybody will be just <laughs> drinking instead. From your position of sales, how is it? Again, we mentioned we kind of started off the show talking about how many tequilas there are out there. And it's one thing, especially nowadays with bars being understaffed and things like that, to walk in. You're like, shit, it's a wrap. I got to deal with this. Oh, my God. What is it? Tell me about the product. You know, how? How did you guys hit the ground running so quickly and so successfully with and, this? And I'll, and I'll tell you what the key was. The key is in any industry, not just in our industry, but in in others. The key is to know a lot of people, right? Yeah. And if you know the right people, myself and Anthony have been in this Southern California all our lives, with the exception of when I was playing ball in Europe. 
I got to meet from many, many top celebrities, restaurants, owners, nightclub owners, you name it. And in the last three, four years that I was working with that other brand, was able to open up over 600 locations for them as well. We knew going into this, we have plenty of people that we know yeah. that'll scale this thing right away to the next level. We haven't really even started to touch those people yet. And this is what we've been doing. So that's why we're really, really excited. Because what's going to happen now when we start touching them, it's just going to scale through the roof, you know. And, and we just always want to make sure, like I said before, that we have enough product to be able to fulfill every requirement as we keep scaling. So yeah, that's it, the key. I, I guess this is kind of a question for both of you guys because I'd be curious from the sales standpoint and the branding standpoint. It's one thing when you get a bottle into a place, right? Mm-hmm. But then, as we all know, if you're talking about bars and restaurants for the sake of kind of for this episode, obviously retail is a different animal you're still relying on the staff, whether it's the beverage director, the cocktail manager or something to then help translate your story to the guest. And obviously sure. you know, so, menu, and menu placement is what so many people try to chase to help do mm-hmm. that. But how do you keep the conversation about Otaka going? So that's, that's where me and Anthony do best. Once we open up an account as owners, we walk in as well to make sure that whoever brought the, brought the product into the establishment, whether it's a hotel, restaurant, whatever it might be, mm-hmm that we go show our face, that we get to know everybody, that we get to answer all the questions. We hold special um, meetings with their, their employees so they know how to sell it, what to explain when somebody asks them when they come to the table and they say, well, can we get you started with the tequila or something? Know how to explain it, what makes ours different than everybody else's, right? So it's all those little things that we're doing ourselves. And when they see two guys that own the company come into the establishment, they're going, wow, these guys are, these guys are for real. Yeah. Well, wow, they're actually found time to come out here. You know, most people send our you know, send a sales rep and that's it. You never see the owner. You never hear from the owner. You never, we want to be in front of everybody. Yeah. We want to make sure that we make friends and make sure that we understand and that they understand what their needs are, what our needs are is from them, how to sell it and so forth. So I think that's what a lot of these establishments are loving from us. Many people don't do that. Many owners could care less. They hire 10, 10 salespeople. They say, okay, go hit the streets. They don't follow up. They don't do this. They don't do that. We want to make sure we're different, like I said, than everybody, not just our juice, but even our staff. Yeah. And we've got a great staff. Even the people that are out there right now selling for us, it's 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 fantastic. We couldn't be more happy. That's great. Um, have you guys ran it? Well, it's time for a little commercial. Yeah. If you listen to the best seats at all, or read the content, then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, it's trying to give you the best products, places, experiences, and more, so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. Amass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code THEBESTSEATS15, that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands 
for spirits needs, or anything around the house. So again, go to amass.com, that's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potager comes in. Heirloom Potager designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef. Owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotager.com. That's heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, potager, P-O-T-A-G-E-R. Dot com today. Once again, that's heirloompotager.com. Um, have you guys ran into any issues with distribution or anything like that? Obviously, made and bottled in Mexico. I mean, all you have to do is get it, basically drive it up here to California. You guys haven't had to deal with any issues about on, like along those lines. Have no you? issues whatsoever. As a matter of fact, um, you know, we self-distribute as well. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll go into some establishments that are used to working with just like Southern Wine or RNDC or some of these bigger distributors. And they say, well, how are you distributing your product? We've got our own vans, right? And then usually when we go, the van will be parked out front. They'll look and they'll go, wow, really nice, right? And they get to see that we're for real. You know, a lot of people say, oh, we self-distribute. What are you distributing it in? You know, is it, a, is it a really professional establishment? Is it not? You know, are you a professional company? Are you not? I think when they when they see everything about Otaka Tequila, they can see these guys are for real. And yeah. I think that's the difference between us and a lot of people out there. Like I said, been doing this for quite a while. Got to meet a lot of people in the industry, um, a lot of people that started tequila companies. We were sitting and having lunch the other day. I won't mention the name, but there was another tequila owner in the same establishment we were in. Got to try our product. He goes, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> right? So that's a good feeling when you have another tequila brand owner telling you, wow, this is amazing. Then, you know, you really feel good about what you got. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Jack, from your standpoint of things, the brand is now off the ground. You guys are getting it in places. What communication aspect changes on your end from now it's, hey, we're building this. This is a talk that's going to be here soon, be here soon, boom, you know, boom, now it's here. What kind of changes on your end to new consumers and, and kind of now you have clients and you have people that are, you know, they're going to be coming back and reordering, et cetera. Right. More than anything, uh, going back to what Nick said, it's more about sort of like presentation, right? Presentation is key and education is key as well. So we are marketing our tequila as a sipping tequila. Uh, it's not a tequila you can just go and shoot down and, you know, just try and get drunk off of like most of the other tequilas out there. Uh, so, you know, kind of what I'm doing and what I'm focusing on is making sure that we put it out there that this is sipping tequila, that you're meant to sip, relax and enjoy it. And you know, that's that's really what I want to communicate, getting people to give tequila a try in that way, because it, that's not what you think of tequila. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of tequila, it's like put it in a margarita or give me a shot and we're going to go have fun. Uh, you know, kind of switching it over, sort of how like whiskey is seen. 
or, 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 you know, some sort of rye or high end, you know, cognac, we, that's what I'm, that's what I'm communicating to, to, our, to our clients, to our audience, to our customers. Do you feel at all with the way that tequila has grown so, so, so much? I mean, I think that, and this could be wrong again, somebody could tell me if I am wrong, but I think the margarita is still the number one cocktail in the world. And I know that tequila, I think is the largest category at the moment. I know it switches in between with, I think, vodka. I say it's, yeah, vodka and stuff, yeah. but it's right around there. I know they're all pretty much tied. With the consumer, kind of your average consumer being more and more exposed to spirits, whether they're independents or whether they're things like that, do you feel like you're hitting this at a right moment to kind of have that sipping tequila? Like people have, maybe they've had their share. They're like, okay, I've done the margarita thing. I've done the shots thing. What's next? What is next for this thing that I like? Uh, yes, I, I do feel like this is the right time. I believe that we are in a market where consumers are much more educated mm -hmm. and, you know, they look into the things that they want to buy. Uh, it's no longer, you know, something that you can just be like, oh, like, yeah, I heard of this name. I'm going to go buy it. I mean, there's still very much a lot of that, but now people are wondering what else is there. And we have, you know, we have the resources to go actually go and look up things and be like, okay, I want it to be different. Uh, I, you know, they, they're looking for that sort of like new thing and sipping tequila is a new thing. Um, you know, fairly new. I mean, it's been done before, but it hasn't really been marketed in that way. So us doing that with sort of how consumers are um, acting at the moment, it's like the perfect blend. It's the perfect time for us to be able to actually take leadership in this, in, in this you know, little small section of tequila and we have the right product for it, Yeah, you know? I want to talk about the elephant. Well, I guess not, not so much elephant, I guess bull, depending on how you want to look at them. But obviously celebrity endorsed spirits are nothing new. When we could talk about tequila, you can't not talk about you know The Rock and Terramana. Um, obviously, he's not the only one. There's plenty of celebrities who are putting their names on things. There's plenty of affluent kind of you know high end, recognizable people that are putting their name and their their kind of branding behind products like that. Tequila, for whatever reason, though, it seems like this is becoming more and more of a trend. You know, people like Kendall Jenner. I know that um, Kevin Hart is working on one, et cetera. I mean, this is really nothing new, but it seems like it's in the public eye more. How are you guys combating the kind of celebrity tequila and, and continuing to make your voices heard? I know it's come back to kind of product and, and Nick, like you said, you know, the owners being able to get in there and, and make your faces known. You know, it's not like most of these people are really showing up apart from an occasional press tour. How are you guys combating the celebrity tequila and kind of continuing to make your noise heard? Is it just trusting the product and, and the brand and knowing that what you have will work? I'll let you start and then I'll go ahead and finish. Yeah, uh, mo a lot of that, yes. Uh, but also, you know, a lot of when spirit brands launch, they really focus on like, oh, who's going to be the face of our tequila? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Which is, you know, where you fall into these celebrity endorsements um, or, or, you know, really high influencer endorsements. And we're really just kind of stepping away from that at the moment. And we're really focusing on the artisanal portion of our like tequila. Like this is artisanal. You should buy it because of the quality you buy it because it's good tequila. Mm -hmm. And then in the future, somebody will come along that will fit our brand that we might think of, you know, okay, this might be the person. But at the moment, we're, I guess, combating it by not being part of it. Yeah. You know? You know what I say? I say congratulations to all of them. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I should definitely say to each their own uh, and, yeah, and whatever works for you do that. to all of them. Yeah. You know, but we're going to do it without any of them. You know, we're, we're ready. Like I said, we're ready to rock the world. Both myself and Anthony have been very successful and very lucky in life as far as business. Uh, both made millions in what we've done. 
Um, this is another project that we decided, okay, this is something we're going to do. I could have reached out to some big time celebs and big time names, even in the athletic world, mm-hmm. Lionel Messi and people like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we decided well, we're going to do this on our own. And it's, um, it's something we're going to be very, very proud and excited of all of us owners and, and, and all of our investors. You know, we do have some investors in this company as well that, um, we, when we did the, um, start engine type, uh, deal, we decided we wanted to have more soldiers in the field. So who do you go to? You go to your friends and your family, right? And you give them an opportunity to get involved with you because they know what you've done in your past, yeah. whatever businesses we might've had. And I got to tell you something without the soldiers in the fields, right? Just because it's me and Anthony and Jack and, and a few others, you got to have those people out there. And they're the ones that are making all this happen. Why that's growing so quick, not just us. It's everybody. It's a, it's a team effort from all of us, you know? And, yeah. and, and this, these investors, trust me, we're not looking for somebody who just wants to drop in a fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, you know, into our start engine. That's not what we're looking for. We want somebody that can help us get that next, whether it's the pavilions, the bebmos, and everything else that goes with it, all the retailers and all that. So those are the kind of partners we're looking for. Yeah, you know, um, like I said, it wasn't something we needed. It was something we did to give people and other people an opportunity to grow and and and, and one day be very happy. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to um, inevitably kind of with the the same thing about the bottle technology that we were talking about. You guys have done some very progressive things from a technology and branding standpoint, the start engine campaign being one of them. Um, I'll ask you guys to elaborate a little bit on that more in a second, but I also want to squeeze a question in to kind of bookend it. You kind of elaborated why you guys did it to give people an opportunity to get in. You saw a product that obviously you trusted the sales for even four weeks in or speaking for themselves. But what kind of, I mean as idealistic as it sounds, I have to imagine that there was another cause, at least a little bit. I mean, this isn't something a lot of brands do. I mean, most recently, I know that other brands have done funding initiatives, um, kind of friend of the show of mine. I know a mass botanics up in Los Angeles just did one. So it's happening. You're seeing other brands starting to do it, but you guys right out the gate came out and did it too. And I think with everything else, pairing the technology in the bottles, the way the brand is looking, the bottle itself, you know, you mentioned the top alone. I mean, you're doing a lot of little things that you don't have to, and yet you're doing them for these right reasons. Can you guys kind of elaborate on the Start Engine kind of push? And, and for those that may not know, kind of what Start Engine is. So my main reason, and Jack, you can finish, okay? The main reason for me was also, because I am running the sales part of the company, was to make sure I had all those people out there that were going to spread the word yeah. about Otaka Tequila and to make sure that there are people that I know, know a lot of people, and those people know a lot of people. And that's how you grow a brand, just like anything else when you're starting something new. It's like I said before, unless you know a lot of people, it's hard. It's hard in any industry, not just in the tequila, in any industry. And we happen to have some key investors that uh, are, are doing a great job for us. Yeah. Great job for us. I mean, we had the gentleman here today. He came in just because he never even tried the product. All he went for, went by was what I told him about it, right? And at that time, I think he put something like 10, 15 grand into the company. He left here today. He says, hey, guys, I'm going to be uh, putting more money into that. Now that I've seen what it's all about, how real this really is and what it really tastes like, oh, my God, he says, it's like, wow. You know, yeah. That's kind of like what everybody says when they try the product. First thing comes out of their mouth is either wow or what's the other one, Jack? Dangerous. Why is it so smooth? Yeah, dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs> you know. dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, so so we're excited. We're excited. So that's kind of the reason that I really wanted to do it. You know, I got brothers and sisters and a lot of family members when they heard it was going on. How do we get involved? Well, here you go. Yeah. Start engine, right? 
And then, uh, Jack, go ahead and continue from there. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been working with startups for quite a little bit now, and mm -hmm. I've been a, you know, a part of a couple of these races, uh, their crowdfunding races. And, you know, one thing that I noticed is definitely, I mean, in marketing, I mean, if you want to talk about marketing wise, I mean, you, all you really need is 1000 true fans to, to make something work. So, you know, when you think about it in that way, and you think about, you know, people that are, you know, once again, more educated now, and they're, they're looking into what to invest in, you know, for their future and stuff like that. You know, opportunities like this are truly amazing. Uh, when you invest in a startup, you get usually the highest return if it works. Um, and so basically what, what our thought process was, like Nick was saying, you know, these investors, they come in, they're excited because one, they invested in something that they're excited about. They're awesome. I want to be part of a tequila company. I want, I want to own part of a tequila company. So they come in, they, they make their investment. What happens now? You know, think about it. If it was you, you go and you invest, you know, $10,000, $5,000, whatever that number is to you. Mm -hmm. Now, whenever you go see it, you're going to go tell your friends, oh, I invested in that company. Oh, really? Did you really? Yeah. This is what they're up to, blah, blah, you know, explain the whole thing. And then what's going to happen is they're going to be basically advocating for the brand. Now their friends are going to want to try it. And that just creates, you know, like word of mouth yeah. and, and that's the best part of marketing word of mouth because you trust the person that is giving you the recommendation and that's how you really fall in love with the product yeah and you do the math right you have a thousand soldiers out there pushing your otaka tequila investing in it guess what it's a thousand bottles every week it's four thousand bottles a month yeah and crowdsourcing the thousand bottles yeah. a year you yeah. know it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. So, I mean, California is obviously exploding right now. Southern California, I mean, it, you know, maybe outside of Texas, you couldn't have picked a better market to launch a tequila brand, especially Biggest. something high end. I mean, to get into the restaurants and et cetera like that, that you guys have already locked down as clients. What's the next goal? I mean, obviously you want this long-term to be, I'm assuming a global brand, turn it, you know, get the investment and, and enjoy the time with it. But what's kind of the, the next? I mean, obviously securing Southern California, California itself. I mean, are there already conversations happen. I mean, we, it should be, the liquor world is not a big world. Yeah. Like so you we, said, a lot, we you know, a lot we of people. We had some good meetings uh, last week. Mm -hmm. So the idea would be from here, go into uh, Arizona and Nevada. Mm -hmm. After we get California where we want it, then from there, go into Texas, Miami, and everywhere else yep. that we want to be. Um, do you necessarily want to be in every state? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Depends. I, I don't know depends. what the tequila market is like yeah, in depends Arkansas. Because exactly. We'll there's some areas where the tequila market may be you're lucky if you sell, you know, 500 bottles all year long, you know what I'm saying? Yep. But we are interested in the global market. So we already have had good conversations with the Asian market, with the Canadian market, mm -hmm. with the Russian market. Uh, and like I said, it's moving quick. So our, our main goal now, once we get California where we want it to be, is our own distillery, our own land down there as well, in addition to whatever our Ticolero already has. We want to be able to produce over 1.5, maybe 2 million bottles a year. We want to be able to make our own glass. As you see right now, the situation that's going on in the world, wine, wine, uh, wineries up in the Napa and all these areas, yeah. they can't even get bottles yeah. to bottle their products, right? We don't ever want to be in a situation where we have to depend on somebody else too much. That's going to be the difference between Otaka Tequila and even the big boys that are down there right now in Mexico. I mean, like I said, people were shocked when we put in our first order. They were like, who are these guys? You know, these most people, they order 5,000 bottles, 6,000 bottles, 10,000 bottles. Who are these guys just sort of 25,000 bottles? Where they come from, right? <laughs> that was the talk down there. Including yeah. Donald and everybody else were asking, who, they are, who are these guys, 
right? And then when they tried the juice, they were like, wow. You know, so it was to us, we're excited, man. We, we're getting a lot of hype, you know, behind the product right now, and then things are moving in the right direction, like I said, and we're very grateful and thankful. That's for great. everybody, you know, for, for, for all of our team and for, for our investors, everybody. It's, it's been fantastic. Well, it's always exciting when new brands come on the market, especially when it's a really, really good tasting juice. I mean, you know, I know that I have a lot of friends who work in tasting and they educate on spirits and they're like, oh my God, I hate it when people say smooth, but it is a facet of it because it is very, very drinkable. And I think you guys are right for a lot of people. Tequila is something that unless they've been ingratiated with it for a while, they look to kind of that you know, that burn or, you know, they get that ethanol or maybe they're getting those strong vanilla flavors, but there's, you know, there's not much kind of discerning on the palate. So I think for people to be able to get that is big. I mean, Jack could contest to this. For instance, we went to dinner the other night. My wife, who was just a Cabernet Sauvignon girl, is, you know, for 33 years I've been with her. That's all she's ever drank. What was she drinking? She was drinking Otaka tequila that night. I couldn't believe it, how she was drinking because she never, ever, ever drank any kind of spirits. And she loves it. So for her to be able to drink, I'm thinking, God, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. So good. Yeah, big time. Well, I know that you guys are very, very busy. Um, very busy, obviously. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, if people want to learn more about the brand, kind of check, find it on social media, reach out and learn more information, where can people do that at? Well, Uh That's sort of the, the page where you can find it all. Uh, you can find our socials through there. Um, you can find our investment page through there. We're actually going to be closing that round in the next 30 days. So if you're interested in investing, you know, you can check that out. All the information you need is there. And um, yeah, events, coverage, things that we've done in the past, it's all on our website. So you can just go to otakatequila.com and you can find us there. That's excellent. And if you're in the Orange County or Southern California area, definitely check out the list. I'm assuming that the list of most of the places you guys are landing is starting to get populated. Yeah, I know it's been moving really done. quick. Yeah, you're so, done updating. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So depending on when you're listening to this, it may be live, but definitely check it out. It's a great new one to have on the market. Guys, thank you for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for coming. Thanks so much. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, Number one to Otaka for opening the doors at their office over in Aliso Viejo right here in Orange County to let me set up shop in their kind of conference room. Thank you to Nick and Jack for both taking the time. Um, All the kind of the honesty of it, the obviously they're, they're very enthusiastic. It's their brand, they should be. But I really appreciate their candor and their willingness to talk about things that are a little more kind of behind the scenes, um, you know, some things that aren't even part of the brand yet. Um, but it means a lot to me that they took the time to do it. It's a real fascinating brand to watch. I'm very excited to have more companies getting involved and doing things in different ways to interact with their customers and get their product out there. And it's a fascinating, fascinating case study on building a brand and building a brand very, very quickly. Um, you know, whatever your feelings are on tequilas and new tequila companies, obviously there's a lot of opinions out there. Obviously, you know, respect to each and everybody on their opinion, but it's always fun to see a company grow and introduce new ways to kind of enter the market and explore the market. Thank you very much for listening, whether you are on free feeds or whether you support on Patreon. Obviously, this show does not exist without everybody that supports each and every month on patreon.com forward slash the best seats. So thank you. Thank you to the advertisers for this show, unless, of course, you're on Patreon, in which case you're not hearing those. But for everybody on free feeds who does, please consider supporting them, especially during this holiday season. Or if you're listening to this episode after the holiday season, regardless, Come on, man. Give a bottle. It's boozy season. Get out. Give some. Give some otaka. Give whatever you want, but have fun. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. 
It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Pizza Guy 92, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Orito No Rito, Sarah Hines, Jay Baker, Tim Swine. Thank you for your support.